0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey. I hope everyone had a happy holiday season with their families and friends. I hope you had a safe turn of the calendar to 2020. And as we move into this year and this new decade of Devils Hockey, I'm Dan Roselle. I'm a little bit under the weather, so I apologize if I sound a little weird. But I'm joined by John Fisher, who sounds pretty normal by all accounts. How's it going, John?
1: Normal people don't run hockey blogs, Dan. So I feel fantastic.
0: <laughs> well, excellent. I'm glad to hear it. And uh, speaking of feeling fantastic, we actually have a little bit of a change to announce. So we had alluded to it before, but we'll be breaking down into our twice weekly episodes. So. The one earlier in the week will have the recaps of all the games that transpired for the previous week, and then our weekend episode will be more of a potpourri, where we answer questions from you guys, we talk to some guests, and we basically just have a grab bag of topics just to keep things a little spicy as we go through the remnants of this season. But speaking of this season, just because we're in the game recap uh, episode for the week, since we last had a show... And, again, we also took the time off the holidays. Listen, everyone needs it. But since we last have a show, the Devils have played six games. And in that time, they have gone 4-1-1 one, and one against any sort of expectations when you look at the schedule between, okay, Chicago maybe, but Toronto, Ottawa, Boston, the Islanders, and the Avalanche. To go 4-1-1 one, and one through that stretch is a huge accomplishment for a team that was also missing the budding star jack hughes for a couple of those games so i want to first ask you your impressions of what has seemingly changed in these last couple of contests where the devils have been getting better results and i want to add a caveat to that of what has changed significantly besides Mackenzie blackwood because i think we can agree that he's the biggest reason that they've actually been winning some of these contests recently
1: well i actually want to add a caveat to your caveat is that it is true that blackwood is a massive reason why the devils have any results but the thing is blackwood has been excellent throughout the entire month of december he actually had a top 10 close to top five five on five save percentage for the whole month of december so that even includes that winless streak that began the month with the six first six games of the month where the devils had the goaltending they just couldn't put it together and that's really the big difference dan is that over the last six games the devils have demonstrated something what we'd like to call an offense an actual offense that would threaten the other goalkeeper to make some saves to make some plays to force the defense to hang back a little bit and do things like defend and i sound a little sarcastic in saying this but for a lot of this season the devil's offense was often just in the back They were just second-rate to the game. And don't get me wrong. There were some periods and some stretches of time where the Devils did not have an offense. It was very much reminiscent of the pre-Nasra era or the first five games of that era. But um, the Devils' offense showed up to attack. They pushed the play forward. There were a lot more attempts, a lot more shots. And in some of these games, it led to some important goals and some important breaks in the game that allowed the Devils to get better results than what we have seen
0: recently. Yeah, and it's been—it's so strange how they trade away their best player, and all of a sudden they have become much more fun to watch and actually not like pulling teeth the entire time during these games. Uh,
1: I don't know. Well,
0: I don't the, know. The, like, those, the, those
1: games against Washington and Columbus were not fun.
0: No, 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 absolutely not. I'm talking this <laughs> recent stretch of six. We've already, yeah. you know, commiserated about how bad those games were. But those games uh. against those teams are always bad, and they have been bad under any coach. As far as I can remember, but I'm talking about this recent stretch where they played three of like the top what top six top seven teams in the NHL and managed to beat two, beat two of them and stay in the game for a while against Colorado and eventually you know they just got pushed down after some controversy which seems pretty unfounded anyway because it I don't think it would have impacted the result of the game all that much.
1: Well, we'll get to that when we get there. Sure. Let's, let's start with the beginning. Let's start with the pre-Christmas game
0: well so right to shove it directly into our faces after we recorded the episode on the 23rd of December the Devils went out there and put up what many would see as their best performance of the season completely drubbing Chicago by a score of seven to one
1: this was a goal explosion and better than that Dan it was a slump buster for a lot of Devils that night because you got to see Jack Hughes score his first goal in a while. P.K. Subban scored his first goal of the season. D- or rather, his first goal, that wasn't a deflection this season, I should say. Damon Stevenson scored his first goal in like a month. John Hayden scored his first goal as a New Jersey Devil. Uh, even Pavel Zaka broke his uh, goal this streak. Like, five guys ending slumps. You love to see it, Dan.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was, it was that exact graphic that we were thinking about of, these goal droughts that all the Devils have, and I was just going through the list in my head, just being like, okay, so this guy scored, and this guy scored, and this guy scored, and this guy scored. Okay, so we're back in it, and it's easy to think that something like that would be just a blip in a season that's had a lot of valleys so far, but honestly, it set the tone for their next couple of games, and again, I think, what was the... Did Chicago score first in that game? I think the Devils scored seven unanswered goals that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The first period was... For lack of a better word close Mm -hmm. and it required a big play by jack hughes to tie it up but that second period the devils just blew them away it was like before you know it it, for once the devils were on the right side of a route and it's like oh wow it's five one already and then you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, but if Chicago gets a quick one, it starts to get interesting. Like that one game against Chicago years back, and then Blake Coleman, you know, makes the entire arena boo, boo. Uh, well, I think Chicago more, more, more so than right. him. Yes. Uh, you know, a round chorus of disapproval for the Blackhawks' effort that night from the home crowd as black, uh, Blake Coleman just styled on Duncan Keith and made it six one early in the third period. Mm-hmm. And you knew that, you know, the blowout was just going to be a blowout. Like Chicago had nothing in the tank in that game and it was just fun just fun 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 especially after all the nonsense we have seen this season it's just fun to see a 7-1 win
0: yeah so then we get into uh, the next game which happened after christmas and that was against the toronto maple Leafs, who have been yeah. scorching hot since their coaching change as well to sheldon keith and you know the devils had a lead in this one mm-hmm. they uh they blew that lead and then lost in overtime but you know, the fact that they lingered around in this game against a team that was very much streaking was a more positive sign than earlier in the year where they would have just folded in similar circumstances and probably lost in regulation. I disagree. Okay.
1: The Devils were lucky to get into overtime in this game, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the Devils' offense absolutely showed up. Uh, he sure got a goal. Gusev got a five-on-three goal. Um, Palmieri and Brat got goals like you're right. The Devils did build up a, a 4-3 lead in the game. But the Devils' defensive effort was one of the worst of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys had troubles with the fundamentals of the game. Mirko Mueller committed a turnover so bad, I nearly got a gray hair the moment I saw it happen. It was a it was a minor miracle Mitch Marner didn't score when M- Mueller fed him to the slot with nobody in front of him. <laughs> and Black, Blackwood played out of his mind. And even so, he still gave up four goals against the Leafs. Now, I have to emphasize it's four goals against the Leafs, Dan, because the Leafs did not technically score the fifth goal. Uh,
0: Yes, this was one of those classic, uh, let's just find a new exciting way to lose as Damon Severson shoveled the puck backhanded behind Mackenzie Blackwood in overtime.
1: Yeah, so William Nylander from the corner, and mind you, the Devils gave up 37 shots in this game. They gave up a ton of attempts to Toronto. The Devils only got 28. Like, again, the Devils' defensive effort as a whole. From top to bottom, skater to skater was just bad. But me, the Mueller-Severson pairing was abysmal at times. While the run of play numbers were the best among the bunch, they made the worst errors. And as I mentioned, this would, as you mentioned, the Severson error here, the own goal, since Nylander threw a pass, Severson did the right thing and intercepted this pass to make sure that no leaf could get it. And for reasons unknown, he tried to ship, you know, ship the puck behind the net
0: mm-hmm.
1: instead of like to the corner or just eating it or you know turning or using his six foot two frame to shield the puck and, and and turn around for a better position nope he wanted to knock it behind the net and in the process he put it in the net
0: yeah it was it was, it was a not a pressing way to lose that game it was not pretty it was it was no. very reminiscent of that anaheim game from last year where they scored on themselves three times yeah now Again, this was in overtime, so he just ended the game with that mistake, yep. and more to be said on that later. Because I think later in the week he did redeem himself.
1: Oh yeah, he did. Severson would he, he would get some redemption. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we'll get to that. But that was that was a tough one to swallow for sure, especially since yeah. uh, by you know by your account it seems like they were fortunate to even be in a position to get a point. Yeah, which absolutely.
1: Is... Tor- Toronto took him to school for. 40 minutes of that game, and again, the offense saved their bacon. Blackwood played a good game, but you wouldn't know it by the stats in this one. And that just tells you where was the issue, the -the off-the-puck play. The commitment wasn't there, and as much as I've railed and you've railed about John Hines' system, Elaine Nazardine's system, uh, more appropriately, well, you don't need a system sometimes. You you don't need a system to do the basics, which Mm -hmm. is you know don't shovel pucks into – the middle of the ice when nobody's pressuring you and a potential opponent could be there or don't try to put the puck near your net in overtime, unless you're damn sure you're going to not put it in the net, you know, basics and and just sticking with guys, like just guys were just not covering guys. Guys were not being dudes as they would say in your neck of the woods, uh, Dan (laughs) guys were just not being dudes out there.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird (laughs) ending to, uh, uh, to an effort that, it was reminiscent, but again, like, since the change happened, this is something that they wouldn't have gotten a point in since Blackwood has come on, especially in December. Yeah, the, There's okay. no way that they get this point in October or November.
1: True. In October or November, this would have been a 6-1 loss, and we're like,
0: yep, that was awful. Can we move on to the next one? Yeah, exactly. And that's there's something to be said about still playing that game of managing to get a point, even at this point in the season where realistically there's not a lot to play for except the individual development of certain players but again i'm just happy they were in it because the next game was an overtime win against the senators who realistically the devils should have been beating every single time but mm. given what we know now it is uh it wasn't a given by any means of the you know any stretch of the imagination they did it though they pulled it off and uh That was, I mean, it's just nice to know that they could still beat them, but Jack Hughes scored such a nice goal.
1: It was a very pretty goal. A very good goal, and a goal I think we're going to be seeing a lot of in the future. It was a well-set-up breakaway in overtime. Palmieri um, set him up perfectly. Hughes just beat Pajot. It's not like Pajot put in the world's greatest defensive <laughs> effort on the right. back check. I mean, but in that situation, it's pretty much, hope your goalie stops him, and uh, Craig Anderson was not stopping that. Uh, it was a very good move by Hughes. I want to emphasize though, the Devils played a much better game in Ottawa, so mm. even though that one went to overtime, and yes, a Damon Severson, not so good clearance, as I'll call it, yeah, because it wasn't a bad one. It just didn't have enough oomph behind it. It got picked off, and uh, Pajot sent it to Chabot, Chabot, uh, fired a seeing-eye shot through traffic, and there's your 3-3 game Mm -hmm. in the third period. But the Devils honestly played a much better game defensively. They held Ottawa to only 23 shots in total, which is a world's difference better than what happened in that Toronto game. And keep in mind, it's not like Ottawa has been total scrubs either. Like, they're ahead of the Devils in the standings, and they've got this guy named Anthony Duclair who's been super hot this season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they kept him from scoring a goal. And one of the goals allowed was... You know, a batted in puck by Anton Anisimov. Like it's not like the Devils played too loose and, and made a lot of stupid mistakes. They cleaned up a lot of their game. It was just like one bad clearance by Severson, and you know he's a goat again. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see that a the Devils had a lead going into the third again. Miles Wood scored a rare breakaway goal. Yeah, that was that was hot. Goose had scored another five on three goal, also hot because I remember seasons where five on threes were basically just waste of time. And you got a sweet goal from Nico Heischer on a power play, which is always good to see. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things to take out of that game in addition to Jack Hughes being the hero. And the performance itself was deserved.
0: This game featured a lot of those things that you just talked about, though, that we want to be seeing for the rest of the season. Nico scoring, Jack Hughes scoring, them actually making the defensive effort and having some sort of accountability when, you know, things don't necessarily go their way on the score. But they deserve to win that game, and they did.
1: Absolutely, I do feel I do feel bad for Jesper Bochvis in that one because that first period was rough for him. He <clears> took a nasty hit from uh, a- England, and then he got uh, a nasty uh, cross check from uh, Sabarin. You know, ice up, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> ice it up, young man. Welcome to the NHL. Right. Uh, Ottawa played a pretty physical game, but the Devils, you know, weren't deterred by that, and they didn't take uh, nearly as many stupid penalties after Carrick's uh, delay of game.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we mentioned that. This wasn't result they deserved, and I think that goes doubly as much for the next game when they beat the Bruins three two in a shootout. The entire game, I honestly, this was you know watching this whole game. I thought it was one of the Devils' best efforts of the season. If it was not the best effort of the season.
1: It, w- it was absolutely one of their best performances this season, mm-hmm. and that that speaks to a Boston's quality because Boston is still a really good team. Dan, like they were missing some players in that game, but. You know, that first line, If when Brad Marchand, David Pastrnak, and Patrice Bergeron wanted to do something, they generally did it. Right. <laughs> There's just no answer for that. But the Devils made a two-goal comeback against a, a Har- Yaroslav Halak, who, in his own right, he's a pretty good goaltender. He's not a bad number two goaltender in his stage of his career. He was hot that game, and the Devils were—they found a way to beat him twice. It was great. And the Devils just kept pushing the play forward. That third period was dominant mm-hmm. by the Devils. And they were playing one of the most well-structured, best-constructed, best-coached teams in the league. And the Devils were dictating the play to them, which is something we have not seen in – what, like years Years. in Devils-Boston games. Devils-Boston games usually go one direction against New Jersey.
0: Right?
1: No, for for once, the game, as the game time went on, it was wonderful. And the best part is, Dan, I was at this game live. The crowd responded to this, even if the goal wasn't there. Mm -hmm. They respected the offensive effort. They respected the defensive effort. They respected the neutral zone play. They appreciated the Devils putting in a well-fought effort. And for once, Dan, the, the crowd actually cheered when they made it to overtime, and they cheered even harder when it got to a shootout.
0: Mm -hmm. And this was something that I mean, I was just so proud watching them. For the first time this season, they showed a lot of fight. They, like we keep saying, earlier in the season, taking that two-goal deficit against one of the top teams in the league would have been enough to just mentally incapacitate oh, yeah. them for the rest of the game. They wouldn't yeah. have been able to come back like they did and also maintain the pressure that they did, which is why it was so satisfying. And we were talking about Severson getting his, um, you know, getting his due after screwing up earlier in the week he managed to score the game-winning shootout goal and also made a nice block on an open net, which was a sure goal for Boston, and Severson got in front of it. So he really bounced back with a really good effort um, a couple games later, and the Devils beat Boston, who I should add is not good at overtime or shootouts. For some bizarre reason, they're like 2-11 and this year in overtime and shootouts, and this recent stretch, I think they were something like three oh and five with all with like four shootout losses or something like that so it was advantageous for the devils to go to a shootout but they deserved that result that they got every yeah. every second of that game was indicative of a devils win after the bruins went up by two uh, right after that moment it was all the devils uh, yeah absolutely
1: and again the shootout itself it's always good to see the devils win a shootout this one went six rounds too like it was not a gimme It wasn't like, oh, here's a quick goal. Here's another quick goal. Like, you know, Jack Hughes scores a goal and everyone's like, oh, my goodness, the Devils could actually win this game. And then, of course, you know, Chris Wagner, Chris Wagner goes like it's one of those things of like I'm surprised the NHL hasn't met hasn't allowed teams to just like go back to using skaters over and over again. Like you do with international play after three rounds, because you start noticing even on a team like Boston. Yes, they were missing some guys. But, you know, Bergeron shot after Chris Wagner. Right. (laughs) I, I but. That's how things work in the shootout. Like, guys that you would expect to be great guys in the shootout, like, I don't know, Taylor Hall, turn out to be not good guys in the shootout. Mm -hmm. Wayne Simmons, who is unfortunately the only devil who still is in a massive goal-scoring slump, he is a lifetime decent shootout taker. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it made sense for him to have a go at the fourth round. But, no, seeing Wagner score, you're like, oh, crud. You know, we're going back to this. You know, Blackwood's playing well. Halak's playing well. And then Severson just busts out an amazing move. You're like, oh, my goodness. The defenseman. This this defenseman has moves. Where was he for the past five years? Oh yeah, he was a devil. <laughs> he I've was never, here.
0: <laughs> I've never wanted anything more than for Blackwood to make that save at the very and end. I've never.
1: The rock erupted when he made oh, that man. save. It...
0: And, that and it, was, was, it, was, it was
1: a tough save, too. It wasn't yeah. like a, get it either.
0: They, they kind of approached him the same way multiple times, trying to go, um, you know, trying to deke around him and flip it over him as he fell. But he he kind of saw that through both times. He made the same glove save twice in a row. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. I think they, I think, I can't remember the exact shooter that beat him in the shootout. It was Wagner. But, no, not Wagner. I mean, the last shootout lost. The, the oh. Because that, mo- that type of movie, I think, was the one that, beat him like they got they got him lateral it wasn't a flip-up move he got him around like around the around the pad but the same logic there was like take him one way and then stretch out the other way and hope you can beat him around him or above him and but but you're right blackwood alert you know picked up on it and read all the shots very well so well done you know three two doesn't look like a strong win but it really was
0: yeah and they carried that momentum right through the turn of the calendar as they put together their first three-game win streak of the season. And not only that, they didn't have a three-game win streak in all of the calendar year 2019, believe it or not. So they played against the New York Islanders, who have been solid all season, but recently, as as of late, they've kind of really dried out their scoring, and the Devils took advantage of that, and managed to come away with a 2-1 result, which, again, we're looking at this game in October and November, they blow this lead 100% of the time in the last 10 minutes of the game, and they actually managed to take the lead towards the end of the game with a great individual effort by Nico Heischer on national television. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: again, similar to the Boston game, like, both goaltenders in this game played great. This... Unlike the Boston game where the Devil's effort was just, you know, as the game went on, just was great all the way around. This game was a track meet. This game was a race. This game, you know, for all the talk about the, how well-structured the Islanders are, Dan, I didn't see any structure in this game from the Islanders. Mm-hmm. The neutral zone was basically just, hey, guys, just skate through this zone. <laughs> like there was no very limited uh, trapping or slowing down of anybody in the neutral zone. It was basically you're going to have a whole bunch of shots on it. And then I'm going to have a whole bunch of shots on that. All right. We're going to leave our goaltender out to dry here. You're going to leave your goaltender out to dry. Like, you know, the game is played at 75 miles an hour, super fast pace, but. But it was great. To, and you're right. In, earlier in this season, the Devils would have lost this game like 4-1 or something like that. It would be a definitive, decisive score. But no, Blackwood, again, played out of his mind. The Devils' penalty kill came up big. The and, and you got a great individual effort from Nico Heischer to get a goal. And P.K. Subban scoring right off an offensive face-off win mm-hmm. late in the second period, which was also big. So – some guys that you expected to be big players on this team in terms of production were big guys. Blackwood, again, bailed everybody out, and the, the quasi-structured Islanders took another L.
0: And I think a lot of the openness of this game had to do with something that was announced basically a few hours, I think, or maybe even minutes before the game started, and that's Islanders defenseman Adam Pellick being out of the game. And by all accounts, with the Islanders uh, fans and you know friends that I have that support them they tell me that he is one of their better defensive defensemen so maybe that structure was a little bit loose when they're compensating for his absence but again you know everyone's dealing with injuries and that it was weird that that kind of style suited the devils but it really did they kept pace with the islanders quite well and and again their scoring has kind of dried up recently they've now as of this recording they've been uh, without a goal for 120 minutes. They haven't scored since that Brock Nelson goal against the Devils. And that was on January 2nd.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the Islanders had a goal taken away in this game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first—no, in the second period, it was um, Anthony Beauvillier. No, Leo Beauvillier. Komarov. Oh, I'm sorry, Leo Komarov. Sorry, wrong wrong guy on the Islanders. My apologies. I,
0: I remember uh, this distinctly because— uh, Yes,
1: Komarov stuck his leg in between Blackwood's yeah. legs <laughs> as he— dashes it in and it's like you know you, you just read the facial expression on national tv and you can see like Komarov's was like yeah i'm not gonna argue this one i mean
0: Trots was the same way Trots was like yeah i mean he, he shook his head a little bit but was like yeah that, that probably makes sense yeah this is not gonna hold up under review and it didn't yeah and uh speaking of goaltender interference we oh, move yeah. on to the next game and Again, it's you know, it was a loss to the Avalanche, but you can't expect to beat three top ten teams in the same week if you're thirtieth in the league. So Yeah. You know, they beat the Bruins, they beat the Islanders. The first period against the Avalanche, not so bad. Then things kinda of started to unravel, and in the third period, everything kind of came to a head because Pierre Edward Belmar scored a goal that was deemed highly controversial but just looking back at it i can see what the like i can see the justification for making the call that they did and like i said leading off this discussion of the games from the past week i don't think it would have necessarily impacted the result because colorado is just they're just too talented to restrain for all three periods or they were too talented like if the devils didn't have a lead to protect going into that third they were probably not going to beat this team
1: Well, the reality is, yes, Colorado outplayed the Devils. Like, the first period was somewhat even, but the difference is that Colorado's 10 shots, they had two-on-ones. There was even a two-on-zero in in one case. Um, There were generally more threatening shots for Mackenzie Blackwood, whereas Philip Grubauer, a lot of his 12 shots against were from, like, 40 to 60 feet away. Uh The Devils had zone time but they couldn't get penetration to get those closer shots to really threaten the goalie and in the second period colorado just beat the devils like straight up like very similar to a lot of bad periods that we've seen earlier in the season you know all the devils could really muster is we got we got a clearance we're going to now change some guys and then we're going to go back and hope and pray blackwood bails us out again and eventually you know that catches up to you and it did uh miko ratnan scored from the from the uh from the dot, I want to say for to McKenzie's left, you know, one nothing. You, you know, it was not a very well played situation, but at the same time it's Samuel Gerard, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Radnan, I mean sometimes talent just beats you. And that was definitely a case of that. Uh, in the second period, uh, Devils had their fourth liners out for a defensive zone faceoff, which turned out to be a bad decision since not only did Rooney lose the faceoff, uh, it went right back to Ian Cole and he, he wired a shot from distance that beat Blackwood through traffic. So it's two, nothing. And mind you, the Devils had four shots all in the second period. <laughs> like the Devils were not threatening Grubauer hour at hour. There was no chance that they were going to get back into the game. Um, and within the first forty minutes, the, the referees were basically just not wanting to call anything. They oh. only called one penalty against Severson for cross-checking, which I would understand if they called like any of the more serious penalties that took place in the first period committed by uh, Colorado. But apparently, they were letting a lot of things go until that third period, uh-huh. and the refereeing got wonky.
0: Yeah, so, so a lot of people thought this, in, in, this infraction should have you know it's not reviewable to look for a tripping call, but they thought that should have been called on the ice. The interference aspect of it is something that Blackwood was out of the crease and seemed to run into uh, Matt Calvert, which is why they maintain that it wasn't goaltender interference because Calvert did not make a deliberate attempt to interfere with Mackenzie Blackwood stopping the puck. Cause first of all, there wasn't even a shot on goal at the time that it happened, but it, I don't know. Looking back at it and reading the justification, I kind of get where they're coming from. And that area behind the net is just as accessible to skaters as it is for goalies. But, you know, at the very least, a tripping call maybe, but it was not, not to maybe. be. It should have been a tripping call. Mm-hmm.
1: Calvert got away with three tripping calls in that third period. He only got called for the one that had the least impact in the game. Because mm-hmm. earlier, okay, so let's, let's take a step back here, Dan. Mm-hmm. So the Devils are down 3-1 at this point. game of what you're talking about eight seconds into the third period the devil's uh, again effort was not on display because colorado scored eight seconds in kale mccarr just beat severson after severson attempted to hit and missed and uh ratnan just danced around gusev in the slot and beat blackwood clean for to make it three zero and but the devils had some life because after a penalty was called on miles wood for holding which was absolutely legitimate and believe it or not was in the offensive zone i know Miles mileswood taking offensive zone penalties you you're shocked you're amazed you you can't understand it but i assure you it did happen uh blake coleman just took a loose puck went off on a walk himself and just ripped one pass grubauer to make it 3-1 and shortly after that ryan graves uh took a tripping penalty now during that power now not during that power play actually no it was during that power play Matt Calvert decides I'm going to just straight up trip Severson so I can get this puck out of the zone and nobody calls it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Nobody. And then Matt Calvert later for the incident that you're talking about trips up Blackwood and mind you tripping in the NHL. It, you know, there's a lot of things that could lead to tripping. You know, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't have to be on purpose. You know, you get your stick caught in some guys skate or in between their legs. That's a tripping call. So, It is mind boggling to me that they wouldn't call tripping on Matt Calvert, who is not a star, not a superstar. He's not some guy who just gets a great reputation. You know, I'm sure he's a nice guy, Dan. But, you know, it's not like this dude is just a guy who gets away with murder all the time. Mm -hmm. It's Matt Calvert. And somehow he had free reign to just take out dude's legs for plays that would help his team. And in that case, it led to a goal. Mm -hmm. And you're right. By the letter of the law, it wasn't goaltender interference. But at the same time, anybody with common sense would say it totally interfered with the play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the Devils were hard done there. But I will say that you are all right. Like, even if that goal did not happen, the Devils were still losing 3-1 and they would never answer that third goal that they gave up eight seconds into the period. However, if they called the five on three, maybe you get it to 3-2 and then you got yourself a shot. Mm-hmm. But instead, the Devils didn't get a shot. They tried on another power play, didn't get it. Uh, they got, they did get a power play goal late in the game when Calvert was actually called for tripping, which was again, far too late for it to mean too much. Mm. Boakvist, uh redirected a, a shot by Vatnin, so that was nice. And then Ratnin gets an empty net goal for a hat trick to end the game at 5-2. But you're right, the, the goal, the refereeing was just not bad in terms of that case, Dan, but also just in general, there were just a lot of no calls that were just egregious. And then, and, and I think that really had an impact on the game. But you're right. The, the, the Avalanche were indeed the better team throughout most of the game. And that second period did the Devils absolutely zero favors.
0: It just seems like someone in Colorado always scores a hat trick when they come to New Jersey as well.
1: Well, that didn't happen in the home opener two years ago. That's but true. That's, that's true. But that's Landis also, Scott that's got the last two, one. Yeah, but that was also two seasons ago. So
0: Yeah. that, that was, was that's like an eternity uh, that, was, that was seriously forever ago. That was... That weird thing called the playoff season. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I,
1: I did a whole series uh, on the
0: 2010s, <laughs> I almost called that post the playoff season. You know, that one. Yeah. Oh, God. What a world. Um, well, like I said, 4-1-1 one, and one in the last six, given who the opponents were and... You know, the fact that it was the holiday season, there's not much to play for, and that Jack Hughes has missed these last couple of games, and that yeah. now Bratt has been injured as well. Yeah, injured in the Islanders game. So they're throwing out a patchwork lineup out there, but 4-1-1 one, one is not a bad result after these couple of games, and coming up, they have a, a few Metropolitan Division opponents in the Islanders, the Rangers, and then the Capitals. So, I don't know. Is, is this something that's just smoke and mirrors for this mini run that they've been on. I'll call it like a mini a mini surge, if you will. And what does it mean exactly given that they would have to do a new coaching search essentially during the summer. So that's something that I think we'll save for the weekend episode because there's been some coaching news as of today as Peter Laviolette got fired from the Nashville Predators. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of watching these last couple of results and saying, well, maybe Nasruddin deserves a chance. But like I said, we'll tackle that in the next episode. But okay. uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on the upcoming games before we wrap up here?
1: Well, unfortunately, the Devils are going to be wearing their vintage uniforms on Tuesday against the Islanders. So I'm not confident that's going to be a win anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, God. I also think... Yeah, I think I think the Islanders are also looking for some measure of revenge for Thursday night. Uh, the Devils go into Manhattan, the world's most overrated arena, to play our hated rivals. They have struggled as of late, so I'd like the Devils to win that one. If they're going to win one of these three games, win the game against the hated rivals – Always a good choice. The Capitals game is the Capitals, and it's the first half of a back-to-back set because right after that game, they come back to Newark to play Tampa Bay, who has fun, finally decided to be the Tampa Bay Lightning, and therefore my dream of John Cooper getting fired <laughs> so the Devils can hire him. It, it's not looking like it's going to happen, Dan.
0: Yeah, and he's now the longest. I mean, he was the longest senior coach in the NHL, but people after him just keep uh, keep getting knocked down here.
1: You know, Tampa Bay— there's a bald, bald man, an energetic man, who's available. He's getting tanned. He's getting rested. He could be ready. He could be the difference. We got different voice in the room that you may need for your future.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Nashville... sure you're hot now,
1: but is that going to last with this John Cooper? I don't know. If Nashville I'm not gonna get doesn't what I want, scoop him I?
0: up first, based on the speculation that seemingly everyone is providing about giving John Hines a second chance in this league for. I'm not sure what exactly, but it seems like hey, he's a Rachel well-liked Derry hockey guy. He's
1: a wonderful coach. He, are you going to tell Rachel Derry she's wrong about John
0: Hines? I mean, I have, I have no qualms or issues with her. It's more so I don't know why everyone is so on board with him yeah, immediately he- being the choice to replace Laviolette. But uh, let's save this because there's a lot more to unpack here. But, yeah, just looking at the games ahead, hopefully they keep this momentum going uh, through the rest of the month and keep building that confidence because at this point, they're way too far back to do anything this year. But if they keep building up and it's important that the young guys – get a sense of what winning is like in this league because yeah. they are the future. So hopefully we yeah. see more development from them. Hopefully we see Hughes and brat back on the ice in short order. And uh, it seems like Mackenzie Blackwood may have been ill today as well. So hopefully the, the boys get some, some health behind them and we see them continue all the good things they've been doing the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, the important thing to realize is that it, it, even if this season is lost Dan, but next season, shouldn't be Uh, but it's not like you're going to flip a switch over the summer and say now you're going to start winning games like it's a process a lot of things are processes and that means as you say do the good things that not only help the young guys but also establish in the organization what good habits are and and rewarding those good habits with victories as opposed to settling for losses or getting away with nonsense because you know something went right for some inexplicable reason. so i'm hopeful the devils can get some wins and, and be a generally watchable team and of course above all else beat our hated rivals like you know a drum but you know we'll see what happens. Uh, I will say that after that after that game against our hated rivals the schedule gets dicey and difficult because uh looking even further ahead you got Washington on Saturday you got Tampa a surging Tampa Bay on next Sunday then you got to go to Toronto, you go back to Washington and then you go back to the House of Horrors in Ohio on the 18th and then you get a week off. For, the buy and the uh, all-star week so get your wins soon my, my only solace it's,
0: here is that they don't have to go back to buffalo this year honestly this is true they do not have to go to <laughs> buffalo thank they god do not ha- they're done with upstate new york Ugh, forever please um,
1: um unfortunately not forever I the pegulas aren't, aren't
0: the pegulas aren't losing any money anytime soon i know.
1: they're gonna keep that team there
0: uh, it's just so they've been so awful there but anyway That's been it for our uh, recap of what we missed in our time away for the holidays. And we'll be back with another episode this weekend where we kind of cover the ins and outs of everything we didn't get to cover today and also do some fun stuff for your entertainment. So thanks again for listening. Let's keep the momentum up. And as fans, I'm sure, you know, that Boston game, you described that the energy was electric. I'd love to see them provide more of that. And it's, you know, our duty to kind of help them out with that. So That being said, I've been Dan Rosell, joined by John Fisher. Thanks for listening to Garden State of Hockey, and we'll catch you guys later in the week.
1: Thank you for listening.